So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Sacred Space in West Limit 102. My name is John Keeley. Thank you again for joining me this morning, and this the 9th of December. It's the second Sunday in Advent. And joining me on the programme again this morning, Shane Ambrose, good morning to you. How are you? Good morning, John. How are we doing this morning? We're good. Thank you very much indeed for joining me, Shane. And, of course, for joining all the other listeners who will listen to us various parts of the world, various parts of West Limerick, but we'll especially welcome those who join us locally uh, here around the West Limerick area, uh, those of you who might be housebound and, and lonely these days, maybe suffer from some health problems, maybe heard some bad news recently, maybe just struggling in general with life. We hope to bring you, and will bring you, actually some very good news again this morning uh, here on Sacred Space, which is coming from our Common Sea studio here in Ada. And, of course, just to remind people again, Sacred Space, this is programme is broadcast on West Limit 102 at 10am every Sunday morning. 11pm, again, it's repeated on Sunday night. And a podcast of this and any previous programmes are available on our blog, which is www.sacredspace102.blogspot.com. That's www.sacredspace102.blogspot.com. And also by searching Come and See Inspirations, excuse me, by searching iTunes, start again, and also available on iTunes by searching for Come and See Inspirations. Of course, you can contact us, and we do invite you to contact us uh, on our email, which is on sacredspace102 at gmail.com. And also by text, and that's an 087-6088-667. That's 087-6088-667. And the reason why I just mentioned uh, early on in the program there about contacting us, uh, uh, and of course this program can be heard from various parts of the world, on our blog each week, um, between myself and Shane, we arrange for every program to be put up on our blog, which can be heard in various parts of the world. And, of course, we know at this time of the year, people are in touch with family. They might be in Australia, uh, the States, maybe Canada, maybe other parts of the world. And you can hear this program, Sacred Space, which obviously is centred around faith matters, but also maybe includes some news from around various parishes and so on and so forth. So why not contact your, your family and friends and invite them to listen to us on Sacred Space, 102.blogspot.com and in fact I'd say Shane even if people were to were to Google Sacred Space 102 we'd actually come up on the Google yeah I think you would <laughs> <laughs> I've tried it and it does work And so, because sometimes people say to me Sacred Space 102.blogspot.com and they're getting a bit confused but anyway please do that Sacred Space 102 at gmail.com is our email or you can text us again on 87 now, this being Advent, um, we've still got some saints for the week, I say, Shane, to go through. Maybe you want to share some? Yeah, just before we get into that, John, um, obviously, of course, in Limerick last weekend, um, we had one of the beginning of what is probably the biggest change to the structure and organisation of the diocese since probably the repeal of the penal laws and Catholic and mm. Catholic emancipation and the restoration of the hierarchy. Um, so big news, I suppose, for us here in Limerick Diocese, and that, of course, is the establishment of the pastoral units by Bishop uh, Brendan Leahy as part of the way forward for the management of the diocese. Just, you know, it was covered in national media. It's online. Uh, obviously, the pastoral letter was issued. And just so that people are aware, we are actually going to have an interview uh, 
uh, with Bishop Brendan in the next couple of weeks and here on Sacred Space 102 we're going to talk to him about it I have a couple of questions for him if there's anything you would like us to ask him please let us know uh, just you know because I know a lot of people have concerns about it or just trying to get their head around what it all means and John will tell you the text number now because I can never remember it okay so the text number again is 087 that's 087 6088667 but as Shane says that uh, we actually are planning to interview um, Bishop Dona actually Brendan. tomorrow. Actually, Brendan, excuse me. There's that many bishops we have on the road. <laughs> <laughs> but Bishop Brendan, yeah, we are actually due to touch base with him, Shane. I just took a look again at our diary. Actually, tomorrow, Monday. So, therefore, uh, this going out Sunday morning or Sunday evening, uh, you nearly read the, the skates on in, in, term, <laughs> in terms of sending us in those uh, those uh, requests for questions to the bishop. Again, the text number is 87 or sacredspace102 at, at gmail.com is the email. That's sacredspace102 at gmail.com. So that's any questions for the bishop. And we'll see what we can do. So, as John said, okay, so back to our liturgical odds and ends and other bits and pieces which we normally do at the start of the programme. So, as John said, it's the second week of Advent. Today, being the 9th of December, is the second Sunday of Advent. Um, For those praying the Psalter, we're on week two. It's very easy to count it at the moment, of course, because it's whatever the week number is, so it makes life an awful lot easier for those of us trying to remember it. So, when we're looking... (coughs) Excuse me. When we're looking at the... uh, the calendar. So who's on it? We have a couple of interesting ones this week and two big ones in particular. Well, three big ones. So first of all, on Monday, the 10th of December, we have one of the martyrs of England and Wales. And that's Blessed Brian Lacey is his name. A Yorkshire country gentleman is how he was described on the uh, what I looked up. Mm-hmm. A cousin, companion and assistant to a venerable father, Motford Scott. They were arrested in 1586, arrested again in 1591. He was betrayed, actually, by his own brother, Richard. Charming sibling uh, relationship there, I would have said. Tortured at Bridewell and finally arraigned at the Old Bailey and condemned to death for his faith, for aiding priests and for encouraging Catholics. And he was hanged at Tyburn in 1591. So that's Blessed blessed Brian Lacey on the 10th of December. Then on the 11th of December, we go back in time a small bit and we go back to St. Damasus I. Obviously, with a first after his name, you've got to know that means he must be one of the popes. Mm-hmm. So he's one of the early popes, born around 304, died on the 11th of December in 384. He was pope in 366. So he was pope actually for almost the bones of 20 years. That's an unusual one. He insisted on the apostolic foundations of the Roman See. In other words, he was the ones that kind of, one of the ones that said, yeah, I'm... Peter's heir That's kind it. of thing kind of a thing yeah mm. he was a, and very active in appeasing fourth opposing rather I beg your pardon opposing fourth century heresies and one of the things he's famous for is the fact that he commissioned St. Jerome to write what's called the Vulgate or the Latin version of the Bible mm-hmm. now why that's so important is for centuries the Latin version of the Bible as attributed to St. Jerome was the only authorised version of the Bible that was used in the Catholic Church until um, after the Protestant Reformation and and all of that when people started going back to the sources and went back to the original Greek and Hebrew texts. So it's an important one. Mm -hmm. So then on the 12th of December, of course it's a big one, 
And first of all, on the international calendar, and particularly in the United States and Mexico, we will wish them a happy feast day because it is the feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe. So she is the patron of the Americas. It recalls the apparition in December 1531 to Juan Diego, I cannot pronounce the rest of his name, on Tapiac Hill, which is near Mexico City. And of course, it is one of the most famous Marian shrines and most popular Marian shrines in the world. Pope Francis visited a couple of years ago, presented, Mm -hmm. um, he crowned. The, the the image of Our Lady uh, of Guadalupe actually he presented a, a, a crown to the shrine um, on the Irish calendar it's the feast day of Saint Finian now Finian is associated with the I've lost my page John is it Cork or Cloyne? I think it's Cork I think it's Cloyne mm-hmm. so Finian is he studied in Carlow later in Wales and he settled in Clonard and I, both of us are wrong he's associated with Meath around 520 and his students included St. Canis, St. Colum Kill and Brendan and he died in 549 so his claim to fame is he was tutor to the saints of Ireland so that's St. Finian on the 12th of December now a nice one and an important one in December we have the feast day of St. Lucy on the 13th of December now Lucy is one of the famous women saints of the church early women saints of the church um, she was um, she's one of what's called one of the virgin martyrs and she was mm. martyred in 304 in Sicily during the persecution of Diocletian and it's an important it's it's one of these ones that are important because it's 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 an ev- it's a, not an evidence I don't like using that word it's an example of the importance um that the church has given to our for women saints that aren't isn't sometimes recognized and saint lucy uh she basically uh the, she's famous because yeah, I hope people aren't having their breakfasts. But anyway, uh, she's usually depicted holding her eyes uh, because that was one of the ways, that was one of the, the things she 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 underwent during her, her, her martyrdom. And we leave it at that. So then on the 14th of December, we have the feast day of St. John of the Cross. Now, John of the Cross, famous because he, along with Teresa of Avila, he is uh, part of the one of the people that led the reform of the Carmelite order in the 1500s. A great mystic of the church. He wrote a number like Ascent of Mount Carmel is one of his books, our poems even. Well, it's well worth the difficulty to read it. It's, it, you know, mm. it's, it, it, John, is, John is a mystic and the mystics are never e- easy. John was the, the saint that came up with the term about the dark night of the soul. Yes. That's yep. that's what's associated with okay. St. John. Okay. He's uh, he's a priest, doctor of the church. That's what he's categorised on the card, on the calendar evil, even. And he died in 1591. A poet, a spiritual writer. And then on the 15th of December, we have the feast day of St. Sylvia of Constantinople. We don't know a whole lot about Sylvia. She was considered the, considered the most learned woman of her day and fought against heresies. And she died in 420 AD. And that's pretty much all we know about the poor woman. Then, obviously, John, next Sunday is the 16th. It's the third Sunday of Advent. It will be Gaudate Sunday. And, obviously, then, it is also the beginning of the great O Antiphons, but we'll talk about those next week. Thank you very much indeed. Now, I'm seriously thinking about changing the times that we have the Saints of the Week broadcast, because some of the details you <laughs> described to it during breakfast time are not conducive but anyway look we need to know all these things uh-huh. thanks, thanks a lot thanks a lot Jen now there's a there's a notice that just come to my attention and a good friend of ours uh, passed it on to me and I just want to pass it on to listeners it's the Redemptist Christmas Hamper Appeal uh, Mr Tractor Moran this is a business consultant at the Northern Trust launched the 2018 Christmas Hamper Appeal at the Redemptist on Thursday the 22nd of November Moran commented, 
We're honoured and proud to launch the 2018 appeal and to partner with the Society of St Vincent de Paul and the Redemptist for the sixth year. This year's appeal is an important one to the Northern Trust as we look to pack 6,000, that's 6,000 hampers for distribution by the Society of St Vincent de Paul and other organisations in the lead up to Christmas. At the Northern Trust, we promote a culture of caring and commitment to invest in the communities we work within. So Miss Moran presented the new Christmas hamper appeal banner and slogan, Even the Holy Family Needed Help at Christmas. And Father Seamus Enright, director of the Christmas hamper appeal, commented that the Holy Family knew what it was like to be homeless, what it was like to, fl- to flee political violence, and what it was like to live as migrants in a strange land. The launch was attended by the children of local schools who will be supporting the Christmas hamper appeal. So again, donations of food, new ties and cash may be sent to Father Seamus Enright at the Redemptist Mount Centre of Funders in Henry Street in Limerick. And I think there's one more, Shane, there. Yeah, to just to you. remind people, um, two weeks ago we had Father Luke uh, on, McNamara on from Glenstall Abbey talking about Advent. And obviously they were also saying about the at Glenstall on Sunday evenings at half past four, there is their series Advent at the Abbey, which this year has the theme of tuning into real time. And I was there myself last Sunday. It was lovely. Uh, mm-hmm. Reflection from Father Luke, because he actually took the first one last week. Then there was a tea and coffee, and then people joined the monks for Vespers afterwards. So this Sunday, this, today, today, December the 9th, um, at, four, at 4.30, it will be a prophet for our time. And it's Dr. Jo- Jesse Rogers who's going to be discussing about John the Baptist and reflecting on Luke uh, three, chapter 3, verses 1 to 20. Uh, Dr. Jessie Rogers, we have mentioned her a number of times on this programme. She is a scripture scholar at Maynooth University, at Maynooth University and is a, she's a brilliant, when, when it comes to talks and reflections, um, she accompanied the Synod and a lot of people have met her in different other fora since then and she's she, she's brilliant to listen to. So if people can go, so that's 4.30 at the library in Glenstall, cup of tea afterwards and then you can listen and join in for the monks celebrating as Solemn Vespers for the second Sunday of Advent. Thanks a lot for Shane. So now just to advise uh, our listeners that uh, part two and part three of today's programme, I'm joined by Father Frank Duick from Newcastle West, who joins us each Monday night as well in the Lecture Divina meeting we have in, in, the limit, in, in the Newcastle West Pastoral Centre, 10 past 8 to 10 past 9, where we go through and share and get involved with Lecture Divina, that is Divine Reading, reading for the Sunday Gospel, see where it touches our own lives. So stay with us for part two and part three. And just before that, I just want to pray a spiritual communion prayer, and that's for all those people who cannot get out of their own house maybe this morning, but always used to receive Jesus at Mass, maybe on a daily basis. So this is the spiritual communion prayer. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul, since I cannot now receive you sacramentally. Come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Just before we go for our first bit of music, just to remind people of that text number again, it's 087-6088-667. That's 087-6088-667. Or you can contact us by email, and that's on sacredspace102 at gmail.com. And that's specifically, as Shane mentioned earlier, if there's any questions you'd like us to pass on to Bishop Brenda Leahy, who will be will actually be joining him um, tomorrow morning, actually, in Limerick, to interview him um and what's going on in the diocese these days. So, now we go for our first bit of music, and this one, it's a nice one actually, Shane, or Come, Come, Emmanuel, mm-hmm. and it's by the Cross Point Worship. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> you pass it on to me, and I thought it was lovely. Well, we're doing alternative and different versions of that lovely uh, 15th century French Carlo Cobacom Emmanuel. <laughs> oh, let's hear this. Sacred Space. So welcome back again to the third part of Sacred Space. My name is John Keeley. And today I'm joined, and welcome again into the Common Sea Studio here in Ireland, Father Frank Duick from Newcastle West. Good morning to you, Father Frank. How are you? Very well, John. Thank you very much. Well, thanks a lot for coming out. As you, as, as listeners would, uh, would, would know at this particular stage, I always seem to mention Lecture Divina at least once, maybe twice, during the programmes each week. And that's because there's a group of us meet every Monday night uh, in Newcastle West from 10 past 8 to 10 past 9. Father Frank Duick leads us in what, what is called Lecture Divina. And people might be wondering, what is Lecture Divina? Okay, the man himself, Lecture Divina. What's all this? Yeah, okay, well, you could talk for a long time about what is Lecture Divina, but just uh, briefly, it's a very ancient way, very uh, much used in the church for uh, the first thousand years or more. An ancient way of reading and reflecting on the Word of God, uh, based on the principle that what God has to say is of great importance to all of us. And they devised this way uh, in the early church, and as I say, for over a thousand years, uh, they read and reflected on the Scriptures in this way. And it's based on an intense listening so does we read it a number of times, you know. It's not as if we're slow and we need... Mm. It's just we read it a number of times. 
great attention to the word and a kind of reading between the lines, if you like. Um, but that God has spoken. This is the word of God. We need to listen to him. And, uh, and I think there's a great need to listen to him today. And maybe it's because people are experiencing the need to listen to him that things like Lexio Divina are becoming more popular than they would have been, say, 20, 30 years ago. So, um, but the whole idea is that it's in you try to discern what they call the movement of God in the passage of Scripture you're reading. What's, mm-hmm. what's God doing in that passage? What is Jesus doing? And, it's, uh, and that movement that's in the Scripture uh, there, as you see, what's going on in that Scripture, we then we try to, having reflected on the text, having read it a good few times, we move on now to the present and we try to find that movement of God in our experience and relating to that particular mm. passage of scripture. And it's amazing, like, you know, how much we can relate it when we make the effort and when we really, really listen to the word. It's amazing how much meaning you can draw from it that is relevant to us uh, today. I think there's a lot of us there who, who attends, uh, like the at the start, would have thought, oh, what am I doing here type of thing? This has got nothing to do with me. Mm. But the more we stay there, the more you started throw, uh, throwing ideas out to us, the more we kind of recognise, yeah, this has a lot to do with us now today. Yeah. Situations in life, and, and there were parts of the gospel there that, that you would highlight and you'd suggest, where have we seen that today in our own life? And, and, and it, it, it prompted us to you know, think. Yeah. And within the group, and there might be 20 of us, there might be 15, there might be 27 of us there, but usually one or two people would come up with something and then that would prompt somebody else to think of somebody else. What I'm trying to get to is this. What I see with Lecture Divine itself, I think, the, for me anyway, the Holy Spirit's working in there. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the Holy Spirit is working through all of us. Mm-hmm. And there's no such thing as a right and a wrong idea to pick from the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. because the Holy Spirit might be speaking with me to me in my life, mm-hmm. which is different to somebody else's. Yes, and I think the beautiful thing about Lecture Divine that I see from the people that I speak to there. Is it, it seems to speak to all of us, Father Frank. Yeah, I think so. And what you said there about it's, it's not a, a question of you're right and you're wrong. It's, yeah. But that's why we do the bit of context, you know, so that we don't misinterpret, you know. We have a look at the commentaries and spend five or six minutes mm. placing the thing in context so that we don't go wildly offside in our interpretation of it. Yeah. I think that's an important part of the... You mentioned there, John, a second ago, that the first time you went, you wonder, what am I doing here? I remember clearly the first time I attended Alexio Divina Group. I was still in Maynooth College, uh, uh, working there at the time, and one of the scripture uh, professors uh, decided he would start a group. And, and when I attended my first session, I thought it was a bit contrived, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I wouldn't say I was widely impressed, but I said, I'll stay with this. This, was, this has worked very well for people in the past. So I stayed with it, and it, it grew on me, you know. And... You said, and that's what was your experience as yes, well, and yes. the experience of most people. And I think what's happening there, the more we listen to the Word of God, the more God draws us in. Mm, mm. Because don't forget, it's not just trying to reach God. Mm. God, and we see that in our Gospel this evening when we look at it, that God is also wanting to reach us, you know. Yeah. Mm. And when we listen to the Word, He's drawn closer to His Word, and, and He's getting a chance to say something to us that He mightn't get in the busyness of our lives if we didn't take that step off the gravy train and Mm-mm. take the time like yeah, we yeah. do on the Monday evening too. Just one more thing too that I mentioned and then what I might just do is just play some of these fast parts. But one of the things that um, 
that you've mentioned to us and we've all experienced too is we'd hear the, the gospel read we'll say this year and the next year then it's read again mm. but something new comes there's something new something deeper yeah and what I what I see that as the way I interpret that and it's very true what you're saying I think everybody that has been with it a while and have mm. come back to the same passages again in the three year cycle uh, would say that they have found that and what I think is going on there is that it, I, I like to see Lexia Divina and anything about the word of God against the background of the parable of the sower. That is the story Jesus told us when he was trying to explain the living power of the word of God. Mm -hmm. And he said the seed is the word of God, you know, depending on the kind of uh, soil it it falls Mm -hmm. on, you know, it gets a good reception, or if we're all distracted, it gets a poor reception, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. and he talks about weeds and thorns and and, uh, so forth. But as you read a particular passage and you read, there's, there's a particular phrase that comes to you as meaning a lot to you at a yeah. particular time mm-hmm. and you decide to reflect on that and live with it through the week a bit, mm-hmm. then, and the next time you read that gospel, it can be some other phrase. And I think what's happening there, I'd like to think that what's happening there is that, that the, the piece that impressed you the first time is a kind of sown in your heart. It's gone in okay. because you gave it the time, you mm. gave it the reflection, you mm. prayed to the Spirit about it. Mm. And now there's some other little seed that wants to take root in mm. the soil of your heart, mm. so to speak. Some other little word or phrase. Mm. And it takes a, a many, many lifetimes to grasp what the gospel you is. You get to the bottom yeah, of it, yeah, as you yeah, often say. So, Father Frank, what I might do, I might invite you to put on the pair of headphones there because what I have is... Um, over the last number of weeks, I have asked a, a few of my friends and colleagues there at Lecture Divina just to give me their view on what, what they get from Lecture Divina. So let's say that. My name is Margaret O'Sullivan, and I've been doing Lexio for over 10 years now, uh, prompted by somebody that I feel was through the Holy Spirit, that I, I was interested always in doing scripture study, but never knew where or how to do it. And this particular person said to me then, um, would I be interested in coming to Lexio? And I came over 10 years ago, and I've been coming on and off since. And I find the weeks I come, I benefit so much by reading what's in the gospel for the following. Sunday. I particularly get great inspiration from um, the Lexio group and particularly from Father Duig who gives great wisdom and insight into the uh, scripture for the following Sunday and I find when I read it during the week that if I really read it and listen to what uh, God is saying to me he prompts me to use it in my own life by thinking about where I am in my life in relation to the gospel um, it's very easy to become uh, close to Jesus by reading the gospel um, every day. I don't always do it, but the more I read my scripture passage, the more I will get out of it. Um, it's very easy to um, not do it, but I find the weeks that I am listening to the gospel and reading it over and over again, there will be something that will touch me that will make it more meaningful. Um, it's not something that you have to do every week or every day, but the more you do it, the more benefit will become um, for you. My name is Anne, and I've been coming to Lexiano for about five years, and I, I've always, I, I came to Lexi because I love scripture, and since I came here, I love it even more. And what I love about it is 
that we we you know we studied the gospel for for say the following Sunday and it's it's just so relative to, to today. Sometimes I think, God, this has been written just for me that I can it re, I'll recall something it applies to me, and it, it it is just so real. I find it most enriching. And some some evenings I might say, God, I'm a bit tired to go, but I always leave Lexio Divina saying, I am so glad I came. My name is Ellen, and uh, I have to say that the meaning and the understanding of scripture has taken on a new meaning uh, for me in my life, and that's down to um, really coming to Lexio most Monday nights in Newcastle West. And um, the, uh, the message from Father Frank helping us to understand the meaning of uh, scripture for us in our lives today. My name is Mary. Mm. I, I've been coming to Lexio for approximately the last five years. I love coming to Lexio. It gives such meaning to my life. I can understand the gospel so much better and relate it to my everyday life. My name is May. I attend Lexio Divina every Monday evening if possible. It amazes me that the gospels written 2,000 years ago still relate to our way of life today. My name is John and I've been attending uh, Lexio Divina at, in, the church, in the church office in Newcastle West for about the last 10 years. Now, Lexio Divina, in, in, in my estimation, uh, is all to do with putting a bit of depth into your religion. We all have faith or we wouldn't be uh, attending, uh, attending Mass and uh, the sacraments, but sometimes our faith can be... Uh, a little a little doubtful it mightn't be deep as we'd like it to be and i think the lexio divina is uh, puts a bit of depth into our faith that we can uh, really follow the gospels and uh, the word of christ and uh, faith is a funny thing it's a kind of a leap if you like people talk about the leap of faith because the whole idea of faith is that something maybe can't be proven and uh, I always say to my wife, who has great faith, I say, I wish I had your faith. I'm not saying I'm I'm, I'm sceptical, but um, I don't think I have the, the real depth of faith that my wife has. But that, that's neither here nor there. But the Lexio Divina uh, puts a bit of depth and a bit of study into the Gospels. And... Uh, uh, we toss it around, and everyone has their say. And uh, we say, we say, our, we we read the, we read the gospel of the day, and uh, we uh, go into depth in, uh, in dissecting it. And it's amazing what comes out, in the discussions. And uh, it, as I say, it it's, uh, it's it deepens our faith because. Often we just go to mass and the sacraments, and we're just skating over the surface. And uh, Lexio Divina puts puts depth into this, and that's uh, that would be the final word I have to say, is it it deepens our faith, and it's a very worthwhile exercise. My name is Mary, and I have been attending Lexio Divina in Newcastle West on Monday nights since it began about fifteen years ago. I seldom miss a Monday night, and if for any unavoidable reason I do, I really feel that there is a very special and important part of my week missing. I love the guidance and direction that the Word of God, which is fully read, explored, explained and pondered on during the hour of Lectio, uh, gives to me in the living out of my daily life.
it helps me to live in as close as possible to the way that Jesus would like me to live it. And that is a really lovely but also challenging life. The beauty of Lexio is that it gives direction week by week. Also, as each gospel is repeated during the different church year cycles, I get a chance to get the guidance and direction on a repeated basis, which is very helpful uh, to me as a human. Prior to discovering Lexio Divina, I used to of knowing if I was keeping on the path of life according to God's plan. I had the commandments and my conscience, but they were vaguer signposts. But with Lexio, I get a fully fleshed out uh, I fully fleshed out guidance on a weekly basis, and I get examples from the life of Jesus and direction from his teaching. Examples to follow in my life and dangers to avoid. The challenging thing about Lexio is that it is always personal. I have to look at my life, not point the finger at anyone else's life. Against the background of the Word of God, I have to examine my own life, its ups and its downs. Finally, then just to kind of make it more maybe practical for someone who maybe is still wondering what Lectio Divina is about after all of that, I'll make some comparisons with other aspects of my life. I get my blood pressure and my pulse checked to monitor my heart. I get blood tests done to monitor my general health. I have regular dental checkups uh, to monitor the state of my, my dental health. I follow signpost maps, or very modern sat-nav, to get me to my correct destination when I'm traveling. I use the weighing scales to check my weight. I check the ingredients and best before dates on food to ensure a healthy diet. And now... I have Lexio to offer me a weekly checkup on my spiritual health and well-being, and I am very happy to have that. That's the um, end of my input on the value of Lexio Divina in my life. Thank you, John. So that gives us an idea of um, what some thoughts were. There's about seven or eight members there that I took. Some were in cars, some were recorded outside, some were recorded inside. But they're ordinary people, like myself, who attend Lecture Divine every Monday night, as I said, ten past eight, ten past nine in the Paris Centre there in Newcastle West. In fact, I think there, there, there was a few thoughts maybe you have there, but one of the thoughts that came to me there, or one word that I heard of one particular person, which she said, it's amazing that I'm reading this, these gospel stories. 2,000 years ago, and they speak to me. Yeah, that's the amazing cost. The, the Word of God is an ever-living uh, reality, yeah. and um, that's a concept that's hard enough maybe to grasp initially, like, but it's the, the living Word of God, and it will always provide meaning in way, and people have spent their whole lives studying the Scriptures and still find mm. new meaning from it. You know, you won't get to the bottom. It's a bottomless well. You won't get to the bottom of it. The bottom, yeah. No, it's, um, you won't ever get bored. You won't ever be able to arrive and say, well, I've done that. That's right. Yeah, it's not. Just one other comment I just want to make before we actually might even move into the Gospel myself, uh, ourselves. I found for, my, uh, for myself that... Um, Sometimes you would suggest, well, you, you suggest it was everywhere, every week. Take some time now, maybe, to take away a word or a thought with you. Mm-hmm. And outside a circle of word, as if I'm prompted to. Yes. But I'm not too sure where that's going with me in that particular moment. Yeah. But as I stay with that throughout the week, mm-hmm. and as the week goes on, suddenly that comes a little bit brighter to me. What I mean brighter to me is this. Some, some, uh, quite often I find it does have a meaning within my life where I can connect with something in my life. It's as if somebody's knocking on my door and said, listen, pal, keep an eye on that one now this week because that might have something to say with you. I, and that, that's what you say to us. Sometimes you, you need to have that trust. 
what you're doing, you, you're really listening, you see, you're really listening to that particular phrase or yeah. word. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm often say to the children, like, you know, we're preparing for communion, confirmation, we meet them in groups, and um, about the importance of listening to God, you know, and yeah. I said, did your mammy ever come into the room to you and say, uh, go up and tidy your room? Yeah. And she'd come in five minutes later and you're still at the PlayStation or whatever, you know, and yeah. did your mammy ever say, are you listening to me? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I can, yeah. God can... I'd be like that, yeah, I think, yeah. sometimes, you know, yeah. because we only half listen. But when we really listen, it takes on a yeah. whole new meaning. But that was wonderful, anyway, to hear, the, you know, to hear some of those um, people who give in their thoughts. And mm-hmm. so the invitation is, anybody out there, that's from those seven or eight people and myself, why not come, try it out, ten past eight, ten past nine, Newcastle West in the Paris Centre, Father Frank's there. Um, you don't have to say anything if you don't want to. I mean, there's about 27 of us there some nights. And some nights, some people don't want to say things. Anytime, that's fine. But they're getting something. The Holy Spirit is speaking regardless of whether you're, as long as you're listening. And He's in the silence, too. He's in silence, too. Yeah. So now, at this stage, we might go uh, for a second piece of music. And this one is entitled uh, Come As You Are by Poor Guy, which might be just ideal after listening to Father Frank sharing with us there and Lecture Divina. You are, that's how I want you. Come as you are, feel quite alone. Close to my heart, loved and forgiven. Come as you are, why stand alone? Sacred Space 
So at this part of the program, we might go, as usual, in, into our Gospel section, where we, we read and reflect on the Word of God. And before we do that, there's a prayer that we always pray before reading and reflecting on Scripture. And this is the prayer, actually, that Father Frank invites us all each week to pray together. So we might just do that this morning, Father Frank. Lord, we thank, we thank you, you for putting us in the presence of your Word, which inspired in your prophets. May we approach this Word reverently, humbly, and attentively. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us, so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed, nor our minds wander. But may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, we used to recite the Psalms to Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Okay, so at this part of the uh, of the uh, program, we might read and reflect on the Word of God. And for the second Sunday in Advent, Father Frank's going to read the Gospel for us this morning. Thanks, Father Frank. In the 15th year of Tiberius Caesar's reign, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod Tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, Tetrarch of the lands of Iturea and Trachonitis, Lysanias, Tetrarch of Abilene, during the pontificate of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went through the whole Jordan district proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins as it is written in the book of the sayings of the prophet Isaiah. A voice cries in the wilderness, Prepare a way for the Lord, make his paths straight. Every valley will be filled in, every mountain and hill be laid low. Winding ways will be straightened, and rough roads made smooth. And all mankind shall see the salvation of God. Father Frank, so that's the Gospel for today. Now, as I said, um, this is really a Lecture Divina programme in one sense. Um, what, what usually happens at Lecture Divina each week is Father Frank gives us a little bit of a background to it, or some little bit of a background to the Gospel. Father Frank, maybe a short little background? Yeah, I think, I think there's one point in, in particular that needs to be made by way of context, and an important point is that uh, the best commentaries uh, tell us that this is the best the closest we get in Scripture at actually dating accurately the ministry of Jesus. Because when Tiberius Caesar's reign, Pontius Pilate was governed Judea, okay. and all these people were in the, and in the early Roman history, they have that. So it, it, it comes as close as we get to really dating okay. clearly hmm. the, the ministry of Jesus. And uh, and then of course the other comment I make the only other comment I make by way of context is that the second part of the gospel you know uh, dips into one of the messianic prophecies the prophecies in the Old Testament uh, prophesying the coming of the Messiah and of course Jesus was that uh, Messiah when they and it's amazing to reflect on that 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 was written hundreds of years before Jesus came and how amazingly accurate it turns yes. out to be. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I'd say by way of mm. context yeah, of this fine. passage. And so, leading in then from that, then you usually, um, just at Lecture Divina, um, Father Frank then usually gives us maybe a few pointers 
yeah, and to yeah. pointing us into various directions within that gospel to, mm. to see where that applies to us. Yeah. Would you like to go somewhere with that? Yeah, well, the, the first point that I'd be, there's so many you could go at, but the first mm. one I'd be inclined to pick out there is that you have a whole list here of very powerful people. Mm. Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate, Herod, Philip, his brother, all these tetrarchs mm. and governors or whatever they are. And then you had also the, the head, the leaders of the, in the temple, yeah. The religious leaders, Annas and Caiaphas. Mm, mm. So you have a whole collection there of very powerful people. Mm. But the interesting thing is that the word of God came not to any of them, but to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. And John the Baptist was mm. a strange guy. You know, we know from elsewhere in the scriptures he went around eating locusts and wild honey and he was dressed in camel hair and yeah. he mm. spent his time out in the desert and people actually left Jerusalem to go out and hear him and they wouldn't have been in a hurry out into the desert from no, Jerusalem no. but the word about this guy went around but it's true this strange character in many ways probably uh, certainly not a powerful character like no. the other mm-hmm. people named mm-hmm. there uh, but in many ways uh, insignificant I suppose initially in the eyes of the people, and it was in the wilderness. Hmm. Now you might ask, what's that teaching us? And I think it's, if if we are in very powerful positions, the danger is that our power will give us a false sense of security and being able to cope and able to manage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When we're out in the wilderness, when we're going to the wilderness in life, when we strip ourselves of all this power and security, mm-hmm. then God gets a chance to speak to us. Yeah. Mm, um, mm, mm. When, we're, when we're all tied up St. Paul puts this very well John in a lovely phrase that he uses in one of his letters and he says when I am weak then I am strong it's when we acknowledge that we don't have control that we don't have power that we're not in complete control of everything we don't have full security it's when we acknowledge that and get rid of our own power so to speak, mm, mm, mm. that God gets a chance to speak to us. And that's where the real power is. So when I am weak, when I acknowledge that I, that I, that I don't know at all, that I don't have all the power and all the control, when I acknowledge mm. that humbly, then God, I am a good soil for the word of God to, to, to come to me. And for those of us listening to the program, you know, some of us might think that, that, that we're not too educated or we don't know the Bible back to front and so on and so forth. God speaks there to oh, all yeah. of us oh nothing nothing to do with uh, education or our qualifications or professions like nothing nothing to do with it um you know the little child unless you become like little children you will never enter the kingdom of god the little child is the best subject for listening to the word of god and if you went to the schools and the little child the way they can listen to the story the real living story and tell you all about it like you know and so, no, it has nothing to do with profession, education, anything like that. It's the person whose heart is opened. I, I think I mentioned he recently at Alexio that I'm reading a book at the moment about uh, suffering and why God allows mm. suffering and so forth. Because the section I'm reading at the moment, um, uh, the title of the book is God, You're Breaking My Heart. Yeah. And um, uh, But he, he refers to Jesus as not a cosmetic, cosmetic surgeon, mm. but a cardiac surgeon. So he goes straight for the heart and yeah. he tries to correct our heart because that's where things stem from, the things that really matter. And he, he tries to heal and correct our hearts and from inside our heart then 
or life changes. Okay, it doesn't yeah, do the cosmetics yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah. You know. And just one more point there that, that struck me during the week about that is maybe in today's world, there's no lot of rulers and powerful people in today's world yes. who are shouting us all down. Yes, yeah. John the, ba- John, John the Baptist was there. He he was out there in the wilderness and so yeah. on and so on. But God spoke with him, and, and that was sufficient for John the Baptist. Oh, yes, yeah. And the same and for ourselves. And it's not, that, it's not that God has anything against the powerful people, mm-hmm. but he wants them to disengage from their sense of yeah. power and mm-hmm. their sense of mm-hmm. control mm-hmm. and acknowledge humbly that they are in need of God and in need of his word and in need of the nourishment. So God was as interested in saving Caesar as he was of the poor person, you know, it's not that he, but he just, his word wasn't getting through. And that can happen to any of us. We mightn't be Tiberius Caesars or Pontius Pilate, no, no. but we can get, we can get a sense of security and being able, being okay and being able to manage and look after the yeah, others. Yeah. Uh, and that is dangerous. And the other side of that then too, are, are those who are out in the wilderness, yeah. who are, whether it be sickness or, or whatever's yeah. happening to them in life. God comes to them too. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know when somebody says to you that um, after a serious illness, you know, and they look back and they came through it and they said, you know, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. Mm. It put things in perspective for me, you know. It helped me to get my priorities right. I see life totally different now. Mm. And that's what's happening there when you become vulnerable. Yes. Vulnerable. You're Mm. open to God, God. you know, because you're not, you don't know it all. There was a few more points there you brought out to us there on uh, Monday night, uh, Father Frank. Yeah, well, I, well, I suppose just briefly, I suppose, mm-hmm. the, 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 when, when John came, he preached a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And Jesus, interesting, interestingly enough, started with exactly the same message. Just a brief reminder there that Advent is a penitential season. It is a season when we look into our lives and kind of identify the things that have become a barrier to God in our lives mm. and to try and move away from those or, mm-hmm. or shed those uh, maybe attachments or things that are getting in the way. And it's a good time to look at ourselves and take stock and to seriously consider going receiving the sacrament of penance mm. as well. You know, that's what I would say just on that point. There is a, in the next bit in the quotation from Isaiah. Yeah. Um, a, a point I would like to make is they said, a voice cries in the wilderness, Prepare a way for the Lord. Mm. Now, when we think about what does that phrase, prepare a way for the Lord, what does it suggest to us? Obviously, it suggests that we should, the Lord, uh, you know, we should start, uh, you know, reflecting and taking stock and Mm -hmm. see where we're at and so forth. But, and so that we can come a bit closer to God. But what we forget is, when we say prepare a way for the Lord, what Mm. does that mean? It means he's coming. Mm He's coming to That's me. That's a beautiful thought. He's coming to me. And in fact, we are his destination. And so it's, and that's very encouraging if we reflect on it, really? John, because yeah. our getting closer to God doesn't just depend on our efforts. He's coming. And each one of us is his destination. And so uh, the best way of preparing then is to kind of let him keep coming hmm. and uh, and get rid of the things that, to the best of our ability that are that are stopping us from reflecting on his coming and being aware of it, you know, and alert to it. And that's a beautiful thought because some people might have the idea, well, I, you know, I haven't done this, that, and the other, and obeyed this rule, this, that, and the other, and so on yeah. and so forth, and therefore he's not going to come to me. But he's making the first movement. Oh, he is, yeah. And, you know, I, I, I know I definitely, I may have said it even here on your radio program before, but I definitely have said it frequently at Lexio Divina. And a little insight I got that makes that point, reading something somewhere, I don't know who it was, 
But they said sometimes we try too hard to reach God, mm. but mm. our arms are too short. Yes. We should allow God to reach us. Mm. I think that makes mm. the same point, uh, I think, is well put in that little um, insight. So to sum up this week's gospel, Father Frank. I would say, you know, uh, it's we're preparing for the coming of Christ. Uh, it, for the first part of Advent, we'll be talking about the final coming, which, of course, is the real coming for all of us mm-hmm. when it comes into my life or your life, mm-hmm. when our life ends. And uh, But then as we move on later, we will be focusing more on his first coming in the Nativity as we move closer to, mm-hmm. to Christmas. I'd say to take advantage, this gospel is inviting us to take advantage of the wonderful opportunity we have at this time to reflect on, on uh, or to prepare for the coming of Christmas or when Christmas comes we'll be that bit closer uh, to Jesus a little bit we won't be we won't have taken mighty steps mm-hmm. because it's a challenge it's a mm-hmm. difficult thing mm-hmm. but it's inviting us to do that and through the through the lens of this gospel passage it's asking us to reflect on you know not, not to be fooled by power or uh, possessions mm. or security, you know, mm-hmm. but to look for God in the simple situations and uh, and to be prepared to acknowledge uh, our need of God's mercy and forgiveness and to remember that if we are to get closer to him, the principal thing is that he's on his way to us. Oh, that's, that's a beautiful thought. I like that thought. Mm-hmm. Now, just before we leave the programme, Lexi Davina, would you like to say a little... Invite, make a little bit of invite to people out there who might want to come to next year. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love to see people. We got some extra people there now, as you probably mm-hmm. noticed mm-hmm. for Advent when we put it in the bulletin. I just feel like that there's, there's, there's nothing to do with me. It, it is just that the word, like the, the, the hour we spent there together, there's a lot. The Holy Spirit is getting a great opportunity within that room because people come, not because they're forced or they have to. No. And uh, they come and uh, the, it's amazing what the Holy Spirit can do when he gets a chance and we open up our hearts uh, to him like so I would invite people to come and for God's sake don't not come because you're shy no. there are people there who have never said anything that's and right. that's no problem I love to see yeah, them coming because no they know they're benefiting from it don't be afraid come along well I just want to correct you just one thing right um, it has something to do with you you opened yourself to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit was obviously um, encouraging you to keep Lecture Divina going for so many of us over the last 10 or 15 years. Thanks a lot for that, Father Fink. Um, I enjoy it. Thank you very much, Nick. And now just to finish off the programme this morning, we'll, we'll play a beautiful piece of music again, a lovely Advent uh, piece. It's The Angel Gabriel and it's sung by the King's College Choir. So next week when we're joined by Bishop, uh, Bishop Brendan Lee, uh, enjoy the week and we'll speak to you again next week. Bye-bye now.
Sacred Space.